episode 400, Raph and I are visiting through our most favorite featured guests and some psychopaths that also exist in that category. <laughs> On the line, a guy, and I have several of these, Raph, a guy that retires mm. from fighting about as well as Brett Favre retires from football. That was number one. I thought that was going to be super mm-hmm. sociable. Uh, who retires as well as Patrick Mahomes tolerates 21-point deficits. I also thought that was going to be a good one. Joe the Nose Wilk, who was supposed to do more fighting. How are you, Joe? I'm good, you know. I wish that I would have done more fighting, and it wasn't like this hypothetical thing that we're talking about now, but um, everything's good, man. Everything's good in the world. Bare knuckle fighting, which, of course, Raph and I had a good cackle when we saw you and Rickles. It was like, didn't he retire? It's like, well, they just offered him a good old-fashioned backyard no-glove fight, and it was too much for you to pass up. Talk to us about why you you accepted the fights and how that works. Yeah, well, I've got, like, multiple answers to that, Um, but, the like, the short version is it's because I felt something move in the front of my pants when they called. Um, and like it, it, and at this point, you know, like it, like usually I got to see someone get hit by a bus to get like my heart rate up. So, um, when something like cool came up like that, I was like, I, I'm feeling like this for a reason, um, which is that this is something that I want to do, which means I'm going to fucking do it like period, um, with fighting with me now, that's kind of what it's all about, um, is doing like I, you know, I'm, I'm perfectly healthy. I'm lucky for my age. Uh, and, um, you know, I stay in pretty good shape. Um, so, you know, if I get a call essentially that is making me feel funny, like butterflies in my tummy or tickles in my pants, I'm going to make it happen. An eighth grade type romance, Raph. That's what spurred it. We thought we we ballparked. The weird part was I was going to ask, how do you tell your family about this? But I guess that takes on a whole new legion of asking because you got to figure at this point, loved ones, you have to tell them like, oh, I know I said I retired, but this is right. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, what I did at first was just like lied about it, basically. Awesome. Um, (laughs) Until it got too like until it got too well known. And then I told the truth. And I'll tell you guys the truth, too. Um, from my experience, um, and I also through my training of um, Army soldiers, I had to take a lot of classes about uh, head trauma and stuff. And I actually believe that bare-knuckle fighting is safer overall. Now, you're, you're going to get cut. It's definitely not safer for the hands. Um, so there's a lot more blood. You know, overall, it kind of looks more violent. But I, I believe that there's a lot less of a concussive effect. Um, when you add more and more padding, the brain shakes worse and the body hurts less. And that's kind of why, I like, you know, the example I, to- I actually told my mother when I broke this news to her, um, I actually got ratted out by, like, a friend. But um, I, I was like, that's why NFL has the concussion problem and rugby doesn't. Um, is because, you know, with rugby, you have to be technical about how you run into people and how you tackle them. Um, uh, you can't just go out and run head first into somebody because you're padded, you know, and like, that's the same thing with us with fighting. If you have someone good at like wrapping your hands and taping your hands up, and then you put that glove on top of it, you don't have to really be very cautious at how you're just kind of trying to put bullets through somebody's head. Um, but that you can't fight that way without a glove on or you're not going to be fighting very long. That's for sure. 
the metaphor was... rap, rap hold on i just had a moment they back in combatives in 07 they, they made us teach a move that's how we checked out of combatives one at k-state and i taught the guillotine i was like you just slit his throat like a knife right here with your <laughs> wrist and dave Janelle's like Maybe ease up on the more graphic descriptions while uh, administrators are walking by. And as I hear Wilk explain things, I'm like, oh, that's where it came from. Got it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just right. like bullets. No, and I... Padding makes you weak. I don't know. I don't follow. Yeah. Well, I guess no, the, no the follow-up I had here is that what is mom's response after you've brought out the charts and you've brought out the different scientists to go. And here to speak on this, Dave Rickles, everybody. Scientist Dr. Shave Bickles. <laughs> and he just comes in and comes. Right. Yeah. That's what I should have done. I should have had him come and break it to her. No, but I just told her, like, dude, my mom's been to almost every one of my fights. So she's been she's been there. She's seen me get my ass whipped before, you know? And I just explained to her that, like, one, I wasn't going to be upset if she didn't want to come to this one. Um, and the two, that if she did want to come to this one, that I was probably going to be bleeding and the three, my after party is at a place called tight ends, but it is not technically a strip club <laughs> and you should still come. So tight that's ends. kind of how that discussion is. Just uh, Googling it rap real quick as we speak. Where was that event being hosted? Yeah, dude. Tight ends is like this ghetto Hooters in Wichita, but it's like focused on the butt instead of the boobs. And it's literally called tight ends. And it's like uh, perfect for uh, what would have been an epic after party, but it didn't oh, happen. So. Yeah, the waitress is dressed like they're in the old XFL cheerleading squad. This is pretty good. All right. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's not. It would have been a good spot. But, like, I literally had to tell people that. Like, guys from the gym are like, yeah, dude, I'm bringing my chick. We're going to come watch you fight. And I was like, cool. Uh, so the after party, uh, just so we're all on the same page, <laughs> is not a strip club. But your girlfriend may not be happy. Why don't you just, like, you know, be forewarned? So. It would have been good, man. Dave and I would have ran it for sure. But, uh, you know, fights didn't get to happen. Party, that party did get to happen. We still had a hell of a party, though. It was so cool, actually, the owner of um, uh, BKFC. We didn't find out that the event was off until uh, Thursday night at 9 p.m. We didn't Um, know what we... we... It was 3.14 was the fight schedule. So this was a little bit before everybody was canceling stuff, it feels like. So you were in limbo, right? No, no. We we were like the first shit. There was like a sold out concert the night before at the same arena, so like it was like uh, yeah we were on the cutting edge of uh, you know getting fucked over, um, uh, but and not necessarily I shouldn't say it like that you know like honestly it's just people being precautious about something that has turned into a lot more since then. But yeah no like there was really nothing wrong in the world uh, that it seemed like um, that day. I remember so we found out Thursday night. Uh, the owner of, uh, BKFC brought us all in, had a meeting, told us, and then he took us all out drinking. And then, and then we all just partied together. It was actually really fun. Uh, they were like, everyone's like, Rickles knows where to go. Rickles knows where to go. And, and he, everyone kept hyping him up. So he took the entire bare knuckle, uh, fight, like production team and all the fighters. It wasn't all of us, but it was a big number of us. And he took us all to, um, uh, gay bar downtown Wichita, and just didn't tell anybody. So that was, that was awesome. Uh, 
David's uh, twin sister actually uh, is married to a, a woman. So like Dave and I, me too, but like there's zero homophobia with us at all. Um, so like that isn't something that would bother him or me, but there was definitely some like awkwardness going on with some of the other, uh, you know, big tough guys. <laughs> it's more like a juxtaposition. knuckle fighter. Yeah. You yeah. just expect it's like and we're then, headed so then, to karaoke and then you arrive at like a dance party. It's like, all right. I mean, this that's is exactly, fine, but this no, is no, a no, shocker. That's exactly what happened. It, that's exactly what happened. It was actually, it was karaoke. So that's like, everyone is, uh, ends up loosening up and getting drunk. And then all of a sudden we're all up there singing songs together and, uh, I think definitely there were some. Uh, I think there were some disappointed local patrons. No, I think you will definitely, but I think there were some like um, I want to say like girls that maybe were a little too tall and too broad in the shoulders to be girls, and I think some of the people around <laughs> that had drank a lot weren't really realizing that maybe so like I'm not gonna say any names it's the but beauty of a dark club some, joe that's uh, the beauty of a dark club you don't know uh, you know you, you hope right. you're swinging through one way but some others can slide in there it's just all about free love and supporting your community i'm just uh throwing same you. odds as roulette everybody hey. same odds. Okay. <laughs> no one remembers the 70s yeah. Just like Bro, that. like I remember <laughs> when I used to live in uh, live in Wichita, and so like fucking Rickles and his sister and their whole crew, and we'd all go out. There's like a there's like a big ass nightclub, uh, gay nightclub, and we go out with them. There, like I said, like we don't care, man. Like I'll go wherever the fun is, you know. And uh, so, but what would be funny there is that you'd run into some dude that you know, like from other place in life, <laughs> and they'd give you this look. There's this like awkward look. There's like eye contact, and he's like, and then you're like. Oh, no, bro. No, like that. I'm here with my friend's sister and her crew. It's not like that, you know. Like, you also don't want to overcompensate it. Like, you don't want to sound fake. So it's like, I mean, not, I'm, whatever. Yeah. We're Joe Wilk out and proud since uh, 2014. Yeah, hey, whatever, dude. Hey, I'm all for whatever, man. Whatever makes people happy. So, like, I'll kick it with anybody. I'm not worried about it. But no, it was cool, man. And then, like, with the, fight cancellation stuff you know like it was like wednesday night uh is when they like um started canceling uh nba games they hadn't pulled the plug on the season yet but they started they canceled a game in oklahoma city and a couple of the players tested positive and i'm doing like real easy math in my head which goes like okay wichita to oklahoma city two hours on like one of the busiest highways, um, like we're not probably fighting on Saturday. So, um, and then shout out to like Dave Feldman and BKFC and all them. And he tried to do it in a closed house, um, and which he would have lost his ass on because he has to pay out all the fighters and gets none of the ticket revenue. Uh, but he tried to like the um, and the city finally came in, which was kind of like that was kind of the flaky part about it um, was that that um, Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday or on Thursday morning, rather. So the morning before it got canceled, Kansas City had a, a big announcement that um, you couldn't have more than a thousand people at an event. And we were all like, oh, shit. So we'll be able to do this, but we did, they're just going to have to like cap it probably at a thousand people or whatever. Uh, State of Kansas was like, Roger, go do it. Um, City of Wichita was actually cool with it. And then it's actually a Cedric County official. It was like, yeah, you guys can do it, but it's not a thousand people. You can only have a hundred. And, uh, and then, so BKFC dude, like, uh, he was like, well, here's the thing, you know, with fighters, coaches and production, 
we can't do that. He was like, could you give us like 150 and then we can run the show during that. And they were like, no, it's a hundred or nothing, like not over a hundred. And there was just no way with cameras. And again, you, you just talk about, you know, however many, I think there was 18, no more than that. I think 20 some fighters and then two, three coaches each like that all adds up really quick, you know? referees commission people so the whole thing had to get uh yanked and uh, here we are i'm out some money and some memories but um you know it seems pretty small now <laughs> like with right? how everything's moving so it is a little i, I want to touch base we're covering a lot of topics obviously just because of the the time we are living in presently but i have heard good things about bare knuckle fight championship and we made our jokes because just the idea of bare knuckles sounded kind of terrifying as UFC fighters were going into it. And frankly, I can imagine Joe Wilk signing up for something called sword fighting here in 2024. <laughs> um, we have a show to talk to you about called shock knife, but that's again, um, it does seem like I, we were wrong in our kind of initial judgments at this fight promotion. Fighters seem to love it. So it, it's good. Cause you yeah, had a lot of experience with these. Yeah, I think that it's, but here's the thing too, that people have to understand is that it, it, it's made fighting a spectacle again. Like, and that's what was the thing about MMA is it was just like what you guys are saying now with me. I was in early and everyone's like, you're crazy. Like, are you serious? That's that thing in the cages. Like, that's that thing, you know, like Tito Ortiz and, you know, they say like funny stuff, like, Oh, you know, tap out. Like in those days, everyone still thought you were crazy for fighting. Well, now it's just normal. It's on ESPN sports center, but I got, you know, you can go to a fight every weekend and it's just not like the crazy thing it used to be. It's been normalized. However, all of a sudden you peel gloves off of people and then they're like, Oh shit, it's on again. You know what I mean? So it's like, I think that, that like escalation made this thing a big spectacle. I mean, I know for sure, like, David Rickles himself sold like over 600 tickets by himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I sold like over a hundred tickets. Yeah, I mean, I, it would have been packed in there. They had Nico Hernandez on the card, you know, the Olympic bronze medalist from Wichita, Josh near, like it was this huge, huge card. And I just know it was about to like really blow up too. So it sucks, but it is what it is, man. Like I went from being upset about not fighting to being like, it's not the end of the world. I still have, a good life. I've got my gym. My gym's really been growing. And then it's like, Oh shit, I don't have a gym either. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and so like now again, like the, the, and then it's always like, okay, I don't have a gym and I didn't get to fight, but I'm healthy. And then I'm like, and my people are healthy. And it's like, yeah, as of right now, but really quickly, man, like everything can get put in perspective and day by day that, fight falling through which was like the end of the world to me is not that big of a deal to me anymore already so i've still got this lamp shit well the lamp died too all <laughs> right well you know what fuck that lamp i hated that lamp i'm happier with that Wilk, here's the thing that i'm i'm trying to figure out i've got two questions here uh answer them in whatever order you want the first is when you get prepared to do punch fight and there is no punch fight. <laughs> How do you replace that in your soul? Because... Contract killing, probably. He's probably picked up a few local contracts in the Midwest spot. <laughs> I, I fear for people that are on someone's list. Now, that's question one. Question two is, is there a future time in which you get to punch fight? Because I know that they said that they couldn't make this one happen. And I know a lot of people are going to end up taking losses. 
But I have to imagine there was potentially talk of what would happen or what would transgress maybe in the future in terms of plans when they did have that come together meeting uh, that Thursday or Wednesday of. Yeah, as of now, it's uh, it's already actually rescheduled uh, for June 20th. Same fight card. They're honoring all of our contracts, uh, same arena, everything. Um, I do not feel like that's probably going to happen, um, at least not that soon, just as the, the way things are currently. Um, you know, I don't know, like, nationwide what everything's like, but, they, you know, they're locking Kansas City down for a month, like, in-home quarantine for like a month um so i don't know man because with the fights the thing that people understand too right it's the same thing where they're talking about like potentially not doing even the nfl i've been hearing rumors about that and they're like yeah but it's so far away but here's the thing you've got to promote a show so you're talking about like this risk on investment you i mean if you want to spend you know I don't know, man, for a big show, that big pay-per-view thing, man, it was everywhere. Dude had to, has to spend 25, 40, 50, 60, hundred thousand dollars or something on advertising. That doesn't come back when the show doesn't happen. You know, there's no refund. And so, so I think that, I think things, I think things in the sporting world are going to be delayed a lot longer than people think because there's, it's going to be a long time until we have a hard date of safely being able to gather and do things. And that means from that date, then you can start to plan and promote events. But it's not going to be, people aren't going to be lined up to lose money, especially with all this crap going on, on the chance that maybe we can still have the fights on this date. You know what I mean? Um, but hopefully June 20th, man, like I hope, I hope this shit just blows over, dude. Like I'm, I'm like way over prepared for all of this. Like, and I definitely have taken it all really seriously, like psycho prepper, fucking AR-15s and hand grenades and shit. Like, I'm ready to go in case something really pops off. Um, and I hope it doesn't. I hope, like, I never fire around. No one believes but, uh, you right now. Not a single person that can hear you beaming is like, yeah, that guy is definitely not looking for a fight. I will actually, hold on. Nah. I was watching, like, a whole three seasons of Preppers. I have only one issue with that show. Not once do they grade people on hand-to-hand combat. Not once. Right. Yeah, I've been bullshit. telling people, man, I, you know, I was never in the mil- military, but I had to go through the schooling like I was to be able to teach that. And I'm a Jet Lee gun ass whipping motherfucker if that shit goes down. That's one thing I've learned about myself through the training, through the live training with that stuff, is that I'm one nasty motherfucker. If we're scrapping and using guns and knives and shit, I'm fucking definitely Jet Lee. But <laughs> I don't want it to happen. If it does, if it does, fucking you might want to come hang out in my front yard for an hour. Maybe this is a good time to revisit my earlier first question, which was when no punch and kick <laughs> happens, your time. what do you do right. to replenish the soul? Because here's the thing, dude. Right. If you like people overlook the mental game of getting into the fight business. And Kevin and I are always interested in that because we're not those people. I can play Call of Duty. I'm fine. (laughs) Whatever is going on in your head, you require a different form of adrenaline. So when they get to that adrenaline, you're right about to fight. And then they say, like, hey, guys, conditions, the world, maybe we shouldn't. We're not going to. Then you have to kind of de-escalate. How do you de-escalate? And what do you do to fill that void? Because... 
you are that person who is a Jet Li person who can make right. shit happen. And I am not. When they tell me, Raph, go home, I'm like, well, I have things to edit. I've got podcasts to make. So I've got shit to do. Y'all can watch TV and do whatever you want. I've got work. Yeah, you know, the the thing is, is I like, I have like that multiple answers for this. But one thing is that what I found is that I've tried to find all this cool shit or high speed shit to kind of like wean me off of fighting because I know I can't fight forever. Um, I haven't found anything that gives me that feeling or uh, I, I just haven't found anything that makes me tick like that. Um, you know, I think that a fight by appointment, a scheduled fight, like not so, like if someone punches you, you can you just start fighting. It happens. But meet me like at the flagpole at three thirty. That's a hard situation for any human. Um, when that gets escalated to against another trained fighter in front of everybody you know and money on the line and reputation on the line, like it becomes a very intense thing. And um, I don't know that like short of real combat if there's anything that 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 can really touch it. Um, but I will say this, like uh, something I've realized about myself, um, and that uh, David Rickles and I've had this talk a lot. We've had the retirement talk a lot, both of us on both sides. Um, is that I think there's certain people I'm one of them. I definitely think David Rickles is one of them. I think there's a lot of us in this game that believe it or not, I think it's much safer for me to fight than not fight. Um, because the other side of that, answer is that what i'm usually up to is no fucking good um like if i don't have like if i don't have a fight scheduled and i don't have that accountability like i fucking like i'm trying to fill that void right so i'm doing stupid shit mostly um exciting stupid shit sometimes illegal sometimes not mostly illegal and i fucking and then so like i'm just like i'm trying to like have this exciting life without that right and so i think that even though fighting is dangerous and especially if i continue to fight at such a high level as i get older and older i think it'll be more dangerous right physically um however i think that the alternative is with me with having no accountability for what kind of shape i'm in or anything really that that's been my life for almost 20 years so it's like we'd fight you go party for like a week and have a good time then then you get a phone call and you're like oh shit what date yeah i'll take it and you're back in the gym and you're back you know like i live very straight and narrow and very clean um for fights and i take it very seriously and when i when i tried to retire and realize i didn't realize what that was going to be like i was like i know i'll miss fighting i didn't realize that it's like oh shit you know like i'm 200 pounds and uh all of a sudden and i drink every day so we should probably find something to do with our life you know what i mean so like definitely think that for some people fighting as crazy as it sounds whether it's bare knuckle or whatever is actually a safe alternative to not fighting and i'm one of those people for sure as i pour Uh, just just uh (laughs) i can't fathom some of the choices (laughs) don't worry though yeah Uh, no i do Showtime has apparently just option exciting stupid shit as a, a new extreme action film. I was uh, actually going to say, uh, we need to get him in front of the camera, Raph. I was watching mm. Steven Seagal beat up George's St. Pierre, and this is a tough oh, moment because George's St. Pierre sucks at acting hard. Yeah. He's not good at it. I don't know. Right. I think we need to get Wilk and Seagal in a room together. Is that possible during the distancing? <laughs> Dude, I'm, hey, I'm down. I've, 
I would love to. That dude's so weird and out there, and I think he really <laughs> believes this shit. That would be so much fun to fuck with him. <laughs> For sure. But that's like, you know, man, this whole thing is like, uh, you know, no, I'll give you guys another example. So I don't ride motorcycles um, at all. And and here's why. is like I know off the top of my head, like several major athletes, not just fighters, but athletes that have been in uh, motorcycle accidents and then either couldn't play anymore or couldn't play for a long time, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, Oh, a fender bender on a motorcycle, like, or in a car, if you get clipped like that on a motorcycle, it could be the end. Um, and I've also always known this once I'm done fighting, fuck it. I'm getting a motorcycle and I'm probably not going to follow the traffic laws while on that thing. Kansas is a helmet state. You don't have to wear a helmet in Kansas. Look out, everybody. See? And I'm sure. And so it's just like just knowing myself like that, I think that I'm at the perfect age to just not be like a total idiot when it comes to knowing myself. I can be a total idiot still, trust me, but I, I at least like can look myself in the mirror and know what's really going on. And I think for me, and plus the other thing too, man, is that like uh, there's a shelf life on this shit, man. You know, I'm, I'll be 38 in April. Um, and, you know, for this fight, uh, you know, I, I, that Thursday morning, so weigh-ins were Friday morning. Um, I was 162 pounds, um, cutting down. So I'd only have to cut, you know, four or five pounds, maybe four pounds the next morning. Like I, like I found out that I can still get through a hard training camp. I can get my body into shape. I was 192 New Year's day and then 162 to March the Thirteenth or whatever. Is that you not drinking? How do you do that? We finally stumbled on a topic rap well, and I could use here. Some weight loss tips. Definitely cause... dude, definitely like beer is a motherfucker for me. Like I wouldn't consider myself a drunk, but like I definitely am a drinker. I've always been a partier, you know? But like my thing is, dude, I like cheap cold beer so much, dude. Like I like I'm dead serious when I say this. I drank thirteen 100%. natural lights last night. I'm just gonna say it as yeah, true. See? But... see? But like, but my thing too is one of my, one of my things is forties, dude. I never outgrew forties. So like, I literally, like I can tear down like three forties, just kicking it, like hanging out. And that's like 7 billion calories. You know what I mean? So like definitely once you, uh, once I, cause I do cut that out once the second I agree to a fight, my life changes. Um, it really does. Like, it's crazy. It's crazy. But my, like my, so I shut off my social life completely. I, I do. I like, I literally don't like, I won't even talk to a girl. Like, it, like if girls are texting me. I like, I won't be rude, but like girls want to hang out. And I just tell them all the truth. Uh, I found that like, that's the best way to like deal with women, believe it or not, after lots of trial and error, the other way as an idiot <laughs> kid, I realized that if you just fucking tell the truth, it's usually pretty good. So these girls would text like, Hey, come over, let's hook up or whatever. And I'm like, uh, no, I took a fight, so you won't see me until this date at the earliest, so uh, I'll let you know, you know? And then, like, yeah, I go to bed, you know? My first training session um, is at 8.30 every morning. I know that's not like some people get up at, like, dawn, right? But... It, but here's the thing, right? Like, and those, that's a hard workout. That's, uh, that's my Monday, Wednesday, Friday with my boxing coach, Tuesday and Thursday. Um, we alternate a bunch of different, like, uh, basically cardiovascular conditioning and interval training. Um, long story short, if you drank three forties and went to bed at like two or three or four in the morning, like I tend to do sometimes that is going to suck really bad the next morning. So you get like, you get over that part really quick. You know, uh, I had a nutrition, I have a nutritionist now. Um, uh, 
So There's no like, way 40s figured, are on the menu. Zero chance. No, it, no, it 100% is it. You're exactly right. And see, that's the thing. Like, dude, I'm telling you, like, I'm one direction or the other. So, like, when my nutritionist gives me, like, a food list, like, uh, it, like I'm not kidding, dude. Like, I have to weigh out everything by the ounce. Everything yeah. I take in throughout a day from the second I wake up to when I go to bed is planned out by the ounce. So I have to have a food scale with me. If I like like travel to go see somebody or travel to go train, I have to pack up all my food and all that stuff. But I literally, dude, I literally won't like sneak a French fry off someone's plate. Like I literally won't take a one bite of ice cream or one bite of cake for a whole fight camp. I have no problem with that. Like once I'm on, I am just so on. Um, and again, there you go, right? Like that sounds a lot healthier than me drinking 40s and riding fucking motorcycles without a helmet. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> I think like, and, uh, and I'm, I'm just being, I think it's important for me to be honest, uh, with young fighters about that. Uh, you know, same thing. I was honest with my, when I explain, I explained that exact thing to my mom, what I just told you guys, like, no, my mom and I are, are super cool. Like I could tell her anything. So like, I talked to her basically like we're talking right now. Um, and I told her, like, I was like, look, like fucking the shit. Like I find myself getting into, like I was in Vegas a little bit before I took this fight, uh, man, I fucking like, I almost went to the hospital. Like I was like, like freaking out. I was like, I'd went so hard and, for so long. And then it ended with this Vegas thing. And I was like, literally like, I'm just going to drive myself and check myself into a hospital. Like they've got to take me. I'll do it. Like they've got to like do something. Something's got to give. <laughs> and I'm like, and then you're and then, a good cat you know. scan away from a pretty critical <laughs> diagnosis. I assume. <laughs> I don't know if that's something they could do, yeah. but the, we could check you in like it's arrested development, like at a at a, a 30 day <laughs> hospital. But there's one small problem. What army is going to help us get you there if you decide you don't want to go? Yeah. If you break bad, right. what are we supposed to do? Call a meteorologist. Yeah, no like, kidding. We're gonna be fucked. Yeah, I'm slippery too. I can escape anywhere. You just yeah, don't, no, I. Gets uh, <laughs> it's hard to get a grip on people. It's essentially like when they're they're trying to take the gauntlet off of Thanos, and there's just a whole bunch of people who have different functions that they have to do. Someone's got to try and like put you to sleep. Everybody's got to like do a thing. I volunteer uh, to hold like, up a picture of a naked woman to distract him. So we're gonna need a few other people, someone to well, jump at his knees. Kev, if it's fight week, he's not fucking looking. Oh at my that god, photo. that's not even gonna work. Okay, I'll hold up like the belt or something. Yeah. What, what yeah. are we? <laughs> Dude, <laughs> distract. Do you? Do you couldn't possibly distract me on fight week. I'm telling you right now. Think of the hottest fucking girl that you could possibly think. Whoever your like celebrity crush is, or whatever. Think of her right now and dead serious. I would walk right out of the room if she was laying there naked, begging me to get into bed with her. I would. If it was like fight week. I wouldn't even think about it. You're like, I, I have family. only one person on my mind. His name is LJ Hermrick, and we have a date Dude, on that's Saturday. Exactly right. I are, that's exactly. I literally say that. Like, I literally have got a hot date <laughs> Saturday. Sorry, I can't kick it. Like, you know, and and I, I just get so focused, man. Like, I I can't. I know I'm kind of beating a dead horse on this, and I've been like going off on a like a rant about it. But I think that like I really had that epiphany, which made it because me wanting to stop fighting. Which, by the way. I sucked so bad at not fighting. I literally took the next fight. <laughs> so like <laughs> the next call, I, I've, I've gotten two, literally gotten two phone calls about take or no, sorry, three phone calls since I retired and I've said yes to every fight. So, um, I'm really shitty at retiring anyway, but, um, 
again, then I just made these realizations like, and I want to do it. I want to do it. Like, what the fuck am I? Like, I was like, I'm re- retiring. I literally was doing it because I was like, you know, my mom wants me to stop, you know, and I have all these people. I know people care about me. They're like, man, you don't have anything left to prove. And like, mm-hmm. I, I just don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. To be honest, I want to do it. I want to fight. And and then like, you know, this thing comes up, this bare knuckle thing. And, and not only that, but they're, dude, first of all, guys, I think that shit's going to pop. Like if, it, if this doesn't kill its momentum, this whole thing we're going through is pandemic shit i think it's about to pop dude like if you've been keep like i have my ear to the floor of the fight game for a long time and the kinds of signings they're making and, the, and how exciting the fights are and how it's new i think it's really something that could could really really take off um and so like when they called i was super excited about it and then it was also they were like yeah we want to do a three fight deal they were just like hey one off in wichita because you said you're a big ticket seller in wichita and i'm like dude you i like I'm telling you, and here's another thing. You know what they did? They fucking sent us all money. Like, like last week, I just get a fucking e-check. And it, now, granted, it was a lot less than I was going to make, but they didn't have to pay me shit. I didn't fight. Dude, I, you, I will. Motherfuckers better be careful because I will fight anyone and die for motherfuckers in this game if they show that kind of respect to fighters because that's rare, man. It's usually, like, to be honest... It's usually the opposite. That it's is extremely rare last. in the fight game. Without naming right. promoters oh, directly, uh, Metamors, there are a lot of different fight things that have not paid their fighters, and they certainly don't oh, when there's no show. Well, not just oh, it's, not pay the fighters. Find ways to not pay them what they're owed. So there's the version of it where it's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to pay you what we have in your contract. There's also the versions of horror stories that we've heard from multiple fighters who say they got nickel and dimed on every single possible form. And there's within reason because we understand promoters got to promote. You got to do certain things. There's going to be costs there. But when you affect a fighter's bottom line, then that fighter can't fight anymore. And that becomes a problem for those of us who like certain fighters. Dude, it's a weird thing too, right? I, like I thought about this. It's the only it's the only thing I can think of in the world where the the performers are also the ticket sellers. It's yeah. the weirdest thing. Like, can you imagine booking a concert and being like, "Great guys, yeah, really like your band Rolling Stones." Now, if you could just go sell all the fucking tickets, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, yeah. It, it's the most backwards thing ever. And then, That's like, nice, and then, Bono, and then, get out there and sell some tickets, okay? Right. And then I think it's like hilarious too, man. Like I think fighters just need to be really careful with, first of all, I think the culture of being an actual fighter is that you, they know that fucking, they know who to call motherfuckers. know I'm going to say yes. They could call me now with the craziest shit you've ever heard of. And if I felt like doing, I would say yes, I would have a hard time saying no to any fight right now at this point, I would just get excited and say yes. You know what I mean? Even they if know they said, shit. listen, uh, well, we've got coronavirus Island fights. March 29th. Fuck yeah, dude. My age, I beat that shit. That's like killing old people. You said island, bro. If the fight's on an island, that's one of my stipulations. If it's on any island, I'm going, bro. That's a It's in his rider. It's weird. It's weird, but it is in his rider. He will accept any Dude, I'm not kidding. It's one of my stipulations about fight. Like, dude, I swear to you, I'm going to stop someday. Yeah, but I, if I'm like 46 and out of shape and they're like, hey, we're doing fights in Hawaii or fucking Brazil or some shit, I would be like, how many weeks do I got? I could probably make the wait. Let's get this. For, for, I'll pay, get paid to go on vacation and I get the fight? Like, hell yeah, I could get down with that. 
But yeah, so I think this like bare knuckle shit, man, I'm really stoked to be involved, man. I hope that like that this shit blows over fast and we're all back to fighting, man. Um, and if so, man, I'm really excited. You know, I said this during the press conference, um, and I mean this too, you know, like I don't care if it's LJ, OJ, or the fucking DJ, like you call me and tell me when and where, and I'm fighting from now until I fucking feel like being done. So that's it. See, this is the part that I miss about seeing you in center ring too. Your post-fight speeches are art. Your pre-weigh-in speeches can get a little cranky because you can tell our guy here hasn't had a donut in a few weeks, but it's <laughs> always on point and rattled. And that was, uh, as soon as we saw you at BF, it was like, well, we, we're all going to be watching BKFC uh, now because uh, this is some big names, but can we also tell you about a recent thing we've heard about called Shock Knife? Are you aware of these? Are you are you prepared to understand that I have literally had full on fist fights with a ten thousand volt Shock Knife? Part of thrown, like literally in the middle. No, in the middle of <laughs> in the middle prepared. of rounds. In the middle of uh, fire, that's part of training for combatives. Like uh, you use a so taser, like it, right? Is it a be, taser or is it a be, knife that shocks you? No, well. So it's, but we've, we've done both. There's multiple things. There's sometimes it's like a rubber knife. Uh, sometimes it's like one of those little handheld tasers that like a grandma has in her purse, which don't, the, don't get me wrong. They'll still suck. But a 10,000 volt stun knife, like the, it escalates the violence in a fight really quick. Cause that shit sucks. So I've definitely, uh, had fights with those. Um, I've had fights with, uh, like we've had fights with, um, fucking like real guns so like they're like they'll shoot wax tip bullets but you're full-on fighting uh like in a small room with a bunch of really tough grown motherfuckers trying to simulate real murder and it's fucking awesome <laughs> so yeah i've done i haven't seen shock knife because okay. i've lived that shit well, hold on some of my friends this isn't a show yet but maybe we can bring you on as an advising judge it's like uh here are our panel of experts we think it'd be a hell of a way to bring couples, friends, a lot of people that have some beefs together. It's like every week we're going to have a Democrat and a Republican. Three rounds, just a quick, one will be family-based, one will be friend-based, one will be completely challenge-based. A minimal shock. I don't want to hurt anybody. Like, uh, what do you think is an appropriate amount of voltage, but where are you at on this show idea? Do you sign off on this? Would you watch it? Yes. I would watch it and or participate. Um, but you need to go high on the voltage, bro. Listen, volts don't, volts aren't what hurt. Volts don't like fuck you up. They just suck. It's amps that like fuck people up. Okay. So you can go high. You can go high on volts and Raph. it'll just like it. Trust me. It, it sucks, <laughs> but it like the higher the voltage, the higher the intensity of whatever okay. fucking game you have going on goes. Raph, Raph, what would NBC explain. let us get away with? You're working for Tina Fey right now. What what's like, yes. what would she be able to turn the amps up and people would still be like, that's a fun show. Uh, don't know. She'd probably be, uh, into the idea of how ridiculous, uh, these dummies are. <laughs> I would say this, Kev, maybe you should give Joe, the background of how this entered our lives. Oh my God. I don't want to Raph. He's going to demand. I come to his gym and experience shock knife. We were talking to Eli Knight, who is, um, he's much more like you in terms of you do jujitsu, but I, you're a realist. You, you kind of, as you've highlighted, you've trained, uh, hundreds of thousands of people at this point, but high military 
combatives one through four, which is the military's martial arts system. If if you're really surface level, think of a really applicable Krav Maga. But Joe, you're not exactly fighting for sport. Like you're not boot scooting around, even though your jiu-jitsu is quite good. You're usually fighting for practicality. That's what Eli Knight was. He and I were betting over UFC fights. We were. He was like, "Okay, loser has to go around with their instructor with a shock knife." I was like, "Fuck no, they do not." Like, what are you talking about? First of all, my instructor would just pin me down and shock me for twenty minutes until I passed out, and that sounds like a lot of fun. He's a black belt. You might have a you might have a better chance with it though. You know, like if you're gonna get your ass kicked either way, you could kind of like the golden gun on Bond. You know, like if you, on the video game, you could get that shit and maybe zap that motherfucker. I assure you, I do not. That's pretty tough, dude. We you, we do straight up like uh, when we all get together for the fights, we do we literally do man to man straight up slap bets. So like if two people don't agree on the fight. You shake hands on it, and then after the fight's over, whoever lost, the other one just slaps the ever-living shit out of him right across the face. <laughs> it's so fun and entertaining. But as, as the night goes on, everyone gets more and more drunk, and like they're like the hardest slaps you've ever seen, like in those oh, slap okay, contests. But... It... Yeah, that's like one of our things. We're not, no one like accused anybody in my crew of being smart, but it's never boring or weak you know what I mean? for that matter. No one's. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, I just or like sober. the fact that yeah. you said disagreed on a taser, fight. I think when I got tased, it was I think it was fifty thousand volts. Oh. I want to say. So yeah, so like, and uh, if you've been hit with a stun knife, you know it doesn't tickle, but it was a lot more than that. I know that shit. So Joe, you might be one of the few people that would volunteer to donate your body to science, and science might be like, no, thank you. We can't use this. <laughs> this thing's been Dude, really shocked up. That might. <laughs> that might be the case dude like i i'm not gonna lie like i i definitely am like uh not pain free day to day somebody's like where's his liver i would like skip surgeries because i had a fight coming up and i thought like i was like i'm a badass i don't need that knee surgery that they said i need i'll just fight this guy anyway and then like that was super cool at like 26 (laughs) and at like 37 Uh, it's not nearly as cool anymore. It doesn't feel cool, that's for sure. And everyone would believe you, except you are just like, yeah, let's go do some bare-knuckle fighting. (laughs) Go ahead, Raph. I I was going to start to do his resume, but you uh, hit us. Dude, I'm telling you, it's safer. And you know what else? I'm telling you, like, you, you, I don't got to tell you this. You know this, man. Jiu-Jitsu, I owe everything to Jiu-Jitsu. That's my baby, and it's my favorite thing in the world. But I will tell you that, like, getting to focus on just, like, one part of fighting, just boxing, was so much easier on my body. Oh, my God. Like, the truth is, like, without the wrestling, like, you know, even jiu-jitsu, you can play jiu-jitsu, right? Like, uh, you can kind of have give and take. In fact, it's a lot of that, too, when you're um, an instructor and at a high level. A lot of it is kind of, uh, you know, like keeping it playful with people. You don't just crush everyone. Your gym's going to be empty. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, but with wrestling, you can't really do anything. But if you you can't wrestle like ninety percent, there's no way. Like the actual physical wrestling part of wrestling and scrambling is a hundred and twenty nine point ten percent every fucking second, and it's just brutal on the body. I mean, like getting banged up, you know. And and the grappling's hard on your body too. Being able to like, you know, 
my training with one-on-one with a boxing coach is a ton of drill footwork drills, mitts and pads and bag work and head movement drills and all this stuff and road work. And then, you know, you can only spar so much. So we, I would spar twice a week. Um, and then, uh, to get ready, you know, and I was like, for me, I felt so good. Like I did not feel overtrained or like beat up going into this fight. And most fights, like I'm just like, dying by the time I get to the scales. Cause you know, you're training two, three times a day for six to eight weeks, 10 weeks sometimes. And just, it can just be so hard on your body when you're doing MMA. Cause there's just so many variables to cover. I don't think about you in terms of having to struggle with wrestling, but that's kind of an interesting, I mean, that's fair though. Cause it's, if you've spent your life focusing on 15 things, it's a lot easier to just cover one choke point than it is um, worrying about yeah, like, yeah. leg kicks, right? Yeah, no, exactly. Except for these motherfuckers. Dude, it's so hard for young idiot fighters. Like, the, to, for, to, like they'll forget every fucking round that they're not supposed to be kicking during, like, because <laughs> we were doing boxing rounds. These motherfuckers would just blast you with a fucking leg kick right in the middle of the round, and you're like, you fucking idiot. Like... You notice I haven't done that fucking dipshit. Keep your brain on, but it was really cool. Like another weird thing that I hadn't considered and most people probably haven't thought about is that it would have been my first fight without gloves and, but also my first fight with shoes, which was also really weird. Cause like, mm. you know, a hundred percent of my fights have all been barefoot. Um, like shoes aren't even allowed. So, but it's different, man. It changes like yeah. the, it changes like how hard you can dig your feet in when you're throwing punches. Like you feel like you're like more agile, you know what I mean? Have you used um, the shoes for wrestling? You've never, I guess probably not in a fight, like not in a real fight. Not, yeah, not in a fight. Um, and not really often in training. Um, like we did most of our, like even wrestling practices, we usually were barefoot because we were going to fight barefoot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I only really wore wrestling shoes when like, if I had like a, like a, if I, usually like if I broke a toe or something, like something that I, like sucked, but I wasn't going to not train or not still take a fight. Like I would like put my foot in a shoe. So like it would kind of hold everything together while I tried to get better. So. Just hit it with the shock knife. Everything's good. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. No at all. <laughs> that shock knife will make you forget about a broken toe really quick, bro. I'm telling you those <laughs> things. You guys need to try this. It's it's more no, fun than you think. It can't be. We, it doesn't like, sound more fun. Dude, I'm telling you, like if like we just walk around like with the ta- like uh tasers or the or the stun knife or what any of that stuff or airsoft guns, right? And like you don't say shit, it's just why people are like sparring, you just like would throw it out onto the ground. And like you just see both guys see it. And then all of a sudden it was on, dude. like it was like fucking, it was so, it, it was cool to be involved in and, and also really fun to like get to be the person they decided who was going to get the weapons thrown at him and stuff like that. It definitely made life interesting. Those are good times, man. I miss that I a lot. Like the fact that you have like the early beginnings of like a John Wick training room where you're just looking at something at a given day and it just catches your eyes and you're like, what are you know, I think I'm just going to throw that in. Let's see what happens. Oh, that'd have been a good one. Jo- Joe retires as well as John Wick does. It's, it's always like he started yeah. with a retirement, made three movies. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. No kidding. 
It's just not happening. Not for the foreseeable future. Well, so we're publicly we're against it. A, we don't want you to retire from anything. We just hope you get into wingsuits or something after this. We're in. I mean, the yeah, only thing no, I wish do. is that you do like a wink every time you retire now. Because that's the thing that <laughs> I've, I've enjoyed. Only, about. I've only retired once. Like, I only thought about it. I only said it and actually tried to do it one time. Oh, well, see, I I had it in my books mm-hmm. twice. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm not. I'm usually drinking though. I, think I don't think so. Okay. But here's the reason why. You if could we be learn, right. Uh-huh. If we <laughs> if we've learned anything from Ric Flair, it's that when Ric Flair would like retire, he would look at you and he would just wink, and you'd be like, "Oh, okay, he'll be back on in a week." Okay, cool. And you wouldn't think Definitely. much of it. You just go, oh, well, Ric Flair has to be here because he is wrestling. So even when they have a giant retirement match and they're like, this is it. No, this is really the last one. Motherfuckers with Hulk Hogan five months later in Australia. So, like, there's ways to do this. I just think that you can make this a thing. And we don't mind if you stick around. I just feel like it's one of those things where you might make a compelling argument in terms of, hmm, yeah, if he's not fighting... He's going to get in that motorcycle and he might start jumping off shit with that motorcycle. Because even as you were mentioning adrenaline, I yesterday just watched Ford versus Ferrari. And part of me was like, oh, I should probably mention fast cars, adrenaline junkie, adrenaline junkie. And I immediately had to retract saying that because I was like, yeah, I don't know what he would do with a fast car like that. Dude, that's like, that's what I'm telling you. I just like keep myself away from stuff like that for the time being, just because I yeah. want to like live long and, and, uh, have more chances to fight. But do I definitely like, yeah, especially like, I'm not kidding, dude. Like that's how much fighting is to me. Like I, I'm like, Oh, swimming in shark infested waters would be really fun. But if they bite my leg, I can't fight. Yeah. And it's like not the, about the leg getting bit, it's about the fighting, you know? So like yeah. if I don't have the fighting thing, I'll be like, yeah, let's go. Dive on, smear fish guts all over me, and let's go get this. If you fight a shark, I demand that somebody videotapes it. <laughs> well, look, we Dude, could... I have an idea. It's even better than your guys' idea. I hate to say it. Hey, think crush like, us. We got dude, another I, one time. I, I started... I started trying to do this actually. Like I was talking to everyone after at, when we were all drinking after the bare knuckle fight got canceled. We should all just go independent, okay? Fighters, period. And then you find fights that you really want, right? Like for example, me and David Rickles, really good friends. We could go on to like Facebook Live with a GoFundMe and be like, hey, when we hit 10 G's on this, the second it happens, the first round starts, bare knuckle fight no rules, one man finishes, right? Whatever. Cause then you have to sanction shit. You're just scrapping your friend or who uh, scrap another fighter. Back to, to the Joe Lozon backyard days. I dig it. I'm in. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, dude, can you imagine like the, some people would pay like crazy money. Do you got people, enough people to, to get on one of those things and start funneling money through it, dude? I'd fight Dave. I already fought David Rickles a few months ago for a charity event. But we really fought. That was interesting. <laughs> uh, how does that go? Um, you know, he got the better of me. I will admit that. But I, this is what I want to say. I didn't know it was really a fight until I was behind in the fight. <laughs> we literally were at a. We were literally at a, a charity. We got asked to fight at a charity event. I just kind of assumed we would kind of. 
we we agreed like we would this? spar, right? Oh, okay. I, no, you well, we just like agreed that we were, we're going to. No, no, we didn't. No, we weren't playing anything. We were just going to go out and spar. But like, I thought, like, I don't know what I was thinking to be honest. Dave kind of only has one speed, but like, literally, he just like three piece me right off the bat and like <laughs> i like tried to knock me out and i was like okay motherfucker and so then we started like so then we just went at it and the whole crowd went crazy we ended up raising ten thousand dollars for this charity so it was like uh it was a really cool thing uh but it was pretty funny because yeah we like afterwards everyone's like man you guys were really fucking we're like yeah that's yeah that's kind of what happened and after you get hit once really good usually it turns into a fight no matter what i mean you you are mentioning one thing here, though, that does complement what you were arguing earlier, which is, I mean, if you're doing all the marketing, you might as well get more of a lion's share of the actual net that's coming in. Yeah, you know, dude, like the UFC, unfortunately, you know, kind of set a bad standard, I think, for that. And it's like the oldest trick in the book. I love how, like, again, like, fighters, people just assume fighters are so stupid, but I love the bonus structure. It's like every fucking adult I have ever known has, like, that story about they were promised this, but, yeah, they didn't give me a raise this year, but they said I'll be getting a bonus. You know what I mean? This fucking Dana White motherfucker dangles this fucking bonus in front of people's faces, got to try to kill each other for 50 Gs. Meanwhile, they're paying out, like, 4% of the fucking money coming in per fucking fight or whatever, like just cracks me up. Well, then at the very end, you have everybody try to make their case after they get a knockout being like, was that good? Come uh, on. Hey, Come everybody. On. Did you see me guillotine him? Did you see that? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, don't get me wrong. I would have, okay. I'll take extra money too, but that's a, but there's another cool thing about bare knuckle fighting championship is, uh, you have a knockout bonus no matter what. So like if you knock a dude out, you get like, boom, you just get money added to your purse automatically. It does not like one guy or performance of the night. Like literally every time you knock someone out, you get extra money. Joe, uh, genuinely as verbal tap fans know, you've been on the show. I don't know. Um, you're one of our, our most prominent repeat guests. Obviously, I've doted about the fact that you introduce it, introduced me to how weak I was as a human being and uh, the transformations that needed to happen, but we could genuinely chat with you for hours as we have. We wanted to talk to you for episode 400. You've, you've been a big part of the podcast and just uh, our, our world of mythical badassery is kind of how we refer to you. BJJ 9000, people can check it out combative sports center you can go train with this guy and the killers he produces but just as a heads up they don't have a slow speed from my experience they only have violence and pride and uh a hefty amount of work ethic bare knuckle fighting championship anything else we can throw out there for the people uh to make sure they know i also encourage them to just google joe the nose wilk you're gonna see some vfc fights you're gonna see some stuff from way back in 04 in a topeka indian casino you're just gonna dig it joe thank you for being on the podcast can we promote anything else before we uh you know get you back to your life of not taking contracts to assassinate people yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks for having me on. First of all, congratulations on the 400 show. And then, 
you know, just a little, one last little piece of advice for everybody out there is, um, yeah, don't use condoms at all. It's like eating a candy bar with a wrapper on. Number is. Please note the new number is.